Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And we are here on a cold December evening uh, to discuss the absolutely phenomenal Inside Number 9. That's a good Uh, word for it. uh, There will be spoilers and there will be swearing. Um, And just to warn everyone, if anyone hasn't seen these... Um, and you can find them somewhere to watch because despite me promising everyone last time they're on Netflix and the BBC, they've been taken down from both just this week. Um, but do go and find them. If you haven't seen them, These mm. they're fantastic to watch, but a bit like Tales of the Unexpected, it's all in the twist uh, with these and we need to discuss them. So if you haven't seen them and you are tempted, definitely watch them before listening to the episode. Yeah, Probably without a shadow of a doubt, do not listen to us and fuck up your enjoyment of that. No, absolutely. No, you say not. you say it's in the twist, right? But so does Tales of the Unexpected have a lot of twists? Every or episode, d- pretty much. But but is no, but is it is it like one major twist? Yeah, it's not like this where it's twist this on is, twist. This and is it's... just <laughs> like I, I don't know what kind of crazy person can come up with <laughs> I, the I, amount I think... that they fire off <laughs> like every I... every scene. I think it's because when they were doing it, they were because they watched stuff like Tales of the Unexpected. Mm. I think it's like most of us can guess the twist because they're stories that have been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So they write it from the perspective of, right, so this is where this story obviously goes. Yeah. How do we subvert that? How do we change Mm. that? Or how do we top that? And that's really why it's so good because they do consistently manage to do that. And and that might be, I mean, they might have constructed it perfectly or I like to think I'm a bit more intelligent than I am, right? Because, yeah, like you say, you're like, well, I know where this is going. And then, of course, I totally didn't see a lot of it. So, it, as hmm. you just said, either they, I, I don't know, like you're trying to work out what, what did they know that we were going to get. And then especially because you said you've watched a lot of those sort of things. I haven't seen that many Tales of the Unexpected or or a whole lot of similar things. But yeah, no, Mm. it's it's just funny to think what they must have been thinking while they were writing it. Mm. How far do we take this? And and at what point point does it become stupid? Because you could have so many twists and you're like, no, this is just getting silly now. But somehow it's like, no, all the way through, you're like, yeah, that was was perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we've done that again. So um, so before we crack in too far, um, we are going to... Adam, would you like to tell people what December has in store? Yes. Well, as we uh, originally thought, we were going to go, we were going to be very clever and very cryptic and, you know, work, make it look like we worked at these things the way that Rhys Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton clearly work at Inside Number 9. And we were going to do Inside Number 9 November. And we, we selected five episodes because that would explain the V in November. So it was inside number V, and there you go, in the Roman yeah. numeral. You know, so clever. And then we realised that with the schedule, the first one would go up on uh, December. So <laughs> um, in, a, in a shameless bit of backtracking and uh, bravado or clever uh, twist. dissolution, uh, <laughs> welcome to horror for December. Would like to present you with the inside number nine Christmas selection box, uh, and we that should be nice. running all the way up to Christmas. We've got we're looking at six episodes in depth. Go and watch 
every fucking thing, yeah. watch the whole of Inside Number Nine, and then come back and listen to us because, yeah, that is far more entertaining, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, they're all great, but we've concentrated because it's Welcome to Horror. We've concentrated on those episodes that really branch into that in certain ways and there's a few that we haven't that we that sort of bubbled under the radar that we haven't covered but i think that the six that we've got are a good you know they're like they represent the dark the the sort of dark fantasy end of um inside number nine Mm. absolutely so So, yeah well done adam for coming up with this splendid plan Uh, so (laughs) we are so would you like to let the listeners know what one we which episode we're about to cover now well coming out of the box uh we have riddle of the sphinx not wishing to Um, blow our load too soon but i have said it before and i will say it again i still think this is the best 30 minutes of tv i have ever seen this episode is absolutely unbelievable (laughs) i I might have thought i might have thought you were a bit too excited saying that before and then I watched it. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! No, it is. It's fucking precision. Yeah, yeah, that is that is so well done. Perfect and distillation. So the facts on this one: Series three, episode three, originally broadcast on the twenty eighth of February, twenty seventeen. Oh god! And as an interesting note to that, um, the actual crossword in it was written by Steve Pemberton. With help oh. from another writer, from a crossword uh, poser, and <laughs> it was, and it was in the Guardian that day. No, oh. really, without any sort of thing, it was just put in there as. And the riddle master was the Sphinx. That is and, so cool. <laughs> and they were like, "That's a little Easter egg for someone who might suddenly go, hang on." Mm. <laughs> How awesome. I, 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 see, I love this episode. I love all of these, but the, the two episodes that we're going to cover tonight, I, I, there's such a small cast, like three yeah. three characters on screen in both episodes. Um, and, you know, as you were saying, Chris, like the amount of twists and turns, it, it, we sat and watched this earlier, uh, Lady Jennifer and myself. Yeah, and we said that, like, you can watch a two and a half hour movie that yeah, has nowhere near much, this much plot just, squeezed yeah. in. But it doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. It feels yeah. lovely pacing, and it yeah. oh, it's just work of genius. I mean, and 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 as you said, it's the three characters, and mm. it's all like how it's almost how can they have so much dialogue that still makes sense and throws you off the scent so often? Like mm. it, it, it is, yeah, it's astounding. They, really, I mean, they they clearly really pour over, yeah. Every- Last like the bit. details, and um, one thing I would say is people who are fans of Inside Number Nine, and I don't wish to make our efforts redundant, do listen to. There's a podcast on BBC Sounds which is Inside Inside Number Nine, and it is um, recent Steve talking about. Um, I think it started with series. Yeah, it must have done. It started with series five where they've done every episode and then I think somewhere between six and between six series six and seven, they did classic ones. So they did like um, 12 days of Christine and stuff, yeah, but okay. they did Riddle of the Sphinx was one of those. 
and yeah, it's the sort of what went into it is fucking fascinating. But it's a, a, another thing that I've, I've been thinking watching it though is they're not even cheating in the sense of um, not not cheating, but they're not taking like if they were on Netflix, they could do episodes at any length. Yeah, you know, like Black Mirror does and stuff like yeah. that. Where it's like, oh, we only yeah. we, this was only forty minutes because that's how much story we had. Whereas they it's funny, but just... it's funny you say cheating though, because no, it's not. It's not. No, cheating, no, yeah, but but yeah, it's, it's... yeah. You can tailor, are... tailor it to the time exactly. Whereas they are forced to still make sure it works in, in a specific minutes. window. Yeah. Is yeah. an extra skill. Yeah. yeah. So it's no, it's uh, just. Uh, really good and obviously I mean most of it's a two-hander hmm. it's only really sort of the last what ten five five ten minutes I think that Reese comes into it yeah yeah um, so yeah. it's mostly um, Steve and Alexandra Roach playing Nina hmm. who I I, I I think we all know from uh, the original Utopia yes um, yeah yeah and, and she is so perfect in this because this one, although it definitely is one, as you say, we had to cover because it's one of the darker ones. So it's definitely in that horror vein. The comedy mm. in it as well is just yeah. like the beginning yeah. is so laugh out loud. Um, and she just delivers it perfectly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she and fits also, in with them so well. Yeah. Really. Well, it's, it's also the sort of the fact that both both performances and like of the characters are performing. Mm. You know, they are sort of putting a, yeah. a yeah. but so you get this sort of the first bit is does feel like it's gonna be one of those dodgy nineties sort of things where it's like, Oh yes, yeah, a young student and the old professor and they fall in love because he teaches her how to speak. <laughs> you know. And you, you know, and dodgy territory like that. And yeah. then but the facade drops for both. You yeah, know, absolutely. and it's like, and you just realise how sort of venal and horrible the Sphinx is, and the charm is purely, mm. um, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's purely an act. It's no yeah. sort of, he's not genuinely a, a lovely bumbling old academic. He's actually a Dirty, nasty piece of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um. It's the way it, it un unfolds that that just catches me. As you say, it's the it, it's the twist on twist, and every time mm. you think you've worked out where it's going to go, it suddenly it's changes again. Even before yeah. Reese has turned up, it's yeah, it's like just as you're catching up, almost. It's like no, nope, yeah. there's another one. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's really crazy. I I mean, I'm assuming you know you've picked these six. Uh, you said for. So they fit in with what we do, but mm. this must be one of the best that they've written. Oh, absolutely! It's it's. I don't. I don't know if I. I was trying to work out earlier what my favourite one was, and I'm yeah, not yeah. even sure. But this is a strong contender, mm. and is probably num. If if I managed to work out a ranking, it would be like if it's not number one, it's like two or three. Okay. Because yeah, it's just so incredibly well put together, and also the fact that it just explains itself as it goes, which yeah. feels natural to like a university lecturer. Yeah, 
you know, and, it, and that, that should ruin it. Like mm. everything about it should not work. Almost, <laughs> it's very sort of expositionally, but it yeah. works absolutely. And but also the fact you've got in there, like when they go into the whole mythology of the Sphinx, like the, mm. but it's the Greek Sphinx, not the Egyptian. Yeah. So it's yeah, and and the that brings in the cannibalism um, and uh, incest because you've got. Um, uh, Oedipus is the person who solves the Sphinx's riddle. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's just, but they put all that in there. They let, do you know what I mean? It's not sort of, it's not just there as subtext. It really yeah. sort of, they, it's actually they, teaching you something. Yeah, it, really it does, well, but it's because, still very fun. Well, I mean, apparently this one was mostly uh, originally uh, from Steve. Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of like the idea and everything and he'd been on there's a game show called only connect um which is a really good show but is also one of those ones that will just you could do like three episodes in a row and just go i am you know have i lost it i am totally (laughs) fucking stupid why can i not Mm. and then you'll have an amazing run on it and sort of like you realise, oh no, no, I actually, no, I know what I'm talking about. And yeah. Um, but yeah, he was on like a, I think it was like a, it was like Comic Relief or no, I think Children in Need or something like that. It was a mm-hmm. charity, like a celebrity edition, and he was on there. And the host is Victoria Coram Mitchell, and uh, she, they were talking, and he, he, she happened to mention that one of their uh, question setters, a guy called Alan Connor. I'd just written a book called Two Girls, One on Each Knee, which is uh, like explains cryptic crosswords, but also goes into the history of the crossword and stuff like that. And she sent she sent a copy to Steve because he was like, oh, no, that sounds like I'd really like to read that. Hmm. And that's where the sort of germ of the idea came in, where he was sort of learning that it was all about rules and stuff like that. And there's yeah. one that I don't think they mention in it, which is... Um, a hidden message in a crossword is called a Nina. Ah. So, and I Not think that's the only one that they don't, because pretty much everything else they sort of explain, explain as, you know, as it's going. Um, but yeah, and apparently um, this was all filmed at uh, Lang- Langley Berry House. Mm. It's a weird way. To, it's a really uncomfortable word Langley Langleyberry house which is an 18th century manor house near basically near London and the trustees have hired it out as a shooting location as basically to they don't know what to do with the place yeah so they're renting it out they're making money on it and people are filming there and everything and um it's also used in the harrowing and seance time. Ah. Weirdly enough, because they're episodes that we'll be covering later on. Um, And it's also Mr. Lomax's house from Psycho Girl. So it's that big, you know, with the big staircase. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but yeah, so that's a a regular, I'm going to use the word haunt. um, (laughs) It looks um, fantastic as well. It's got to be said, like hmm. his rooms in this just look fantastic. It is how you imagine the, you know, a, an eminent hmm. professor at a university does live. It's got that 
sort of really yeah. look and feel and it's I guess mm-hmm. I think it's their attention to detail and stuff like that that sort of really makes it stand out it's, for me in a lot of them it's 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 a crew that really gives a shit yeah mm-hmm. and I think it's because everyone really gets that they're doing something quality mm. yeah you know they're doing something that's like it's almost like look if you've made if you've written something so you know you've put so much effort into this so much work into it it's a bit of an insult to then half arse it if you're the production designer or whatever yeah. like that you know um but this is directed by Gillan morales um who i has done 14 inside number nines mm. um and he's also uh he did the tv series the miniaturists um and wrote and directed two horror films that i must say i've not seen the uninvited guest and julia's eyes okay um but he's um he's catalan and um yeah so for number nine he's done la couche 12 days of christine the bill empty on uh, empty orchestra diddle diddle dumpling private view loves great adventure misdirection wuthering high simon says lip service how do you plead? And um, and the stakeout. Oh. oh, so he's so, done both of this evening's. Uh, he's done uh, both episodes. this evening's ones, and by the sounds of it, he's a really like he sort of contributes a lot in terms of like he he was the one who said about doing it as a thunderstorm, like mm. outside, because he said it was to to ramp up, as he put it, the hammer sort of feeling where you're in those sort yeah. of you know that wood panelled room, so it's yeah. sort of. Well, that, that's something I'm thinking that the, the, the sound effects and the music like just really worked. Oh, Christian like Henson, mm. the guy who does the music on all of these, is just perfect. Yeah. He just really knows. I've I've heard I've sort of heard interviews with him. It was on the Inside Inside Number Nine podcast, mm. um, and it's like the again he's double thinking stuff. Yeah. So he said that when he's doing the music, he's like, right, they want you to think that this is a light yeah. comedy. Yeah. So I'm going to do it sort of plinkety strings and sort of quite whimsical. Mm. And then it goes fucking dark as shit. You know, yeah. but I don't want to start sinister mm. or, you know, or or indeed he said that, but there are times when he's actually putting hints in in the music <laughs> to That's... sort of, you know, as as little clues or whatever yeah. like that but also he puts in as i say he puts in like essentially musical misdirection mm. so to try and keep with it you know it's not just a, like a blanket of the same stuff every time mm. and and none of them can really none of them would really work with that uh, oddly enough you know if this there's there's no house style if you know what i mean Apart from this is just done the best it can be. Yeah. I think you that's know, it's, the, it's, it's, yeah. I think that's what I love about the series, and I think it's what's kept it so fresh. Is obviously not only as we say that the amazing lengths they go to to misdirect you with the twists that happen every time, but yeah, it's the fact that every episode feels so entirely different. Mm. Um, yeah, so every every week when you sit down, you have no idea what you're gonna get you know you could get one mm. of these sort of really dark really sinister sort of hammery type ones yeah and then next week is a full-on full-blown comedy from you know 
the old school of comedy from the old British stuff from the seventies. Um, yeah, and it's just it, it's always a surprise, but it's always a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm not it sure. Is like the, the characters and the dialogue seems to be something that they always get just so right. Yeah, like the characters just work so well together, and the dialogue just mm. bounces off, and it's just flows, and yeah, just, they can apply in... that to almost any style and story. It's interesting because I was because um, I was watching them back with Claire, mm-hmm. and obviously we watched them like first time round and everything, and um, it's weird because sometimes in the dialogue you can hear their voices. Like you could imagine them delivering the lines almost, mm-hmm. and I think it was the one in this, which was just where she says about, um, no, like a proper crossword, not one from TV quick with Vanessa Feltz in the middle of it. Yeah, and I could so hear that in Reese's voice. Yeah, um, a proper crossword, not one, <laughs> not one picture of Vanessa Feltz in the middle of it. You know, and it just sort of yeah, but I. The weirdest thing, and this seems to be quite um, quite an interesting thing, because they obviously stuff came out of when they built the crosswords that they only spotted afterwards, such mm. as RIP NHS. Yeah, okay. And literally, that was an accident that they spotted when the board was put up, <laughs> that that was there. So... And it's basically the focal point of the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Because it literally yeah. does, he sort of like says, oh, uh, your middle name is Horace, isn't it? <laughs> and then leaves, and then he blows his brains out, and you they close mm. up on RIP NHS. But that was an accident. That wasn't put into the crossword, like, wow. unlike all the other that stuff, like the asphyxia and everything. Really. It was all stuff they put Set, in there. Yeah. And even the, um, well, I switched the cups as a diagonal yeah. and things like that. But, and here's the best bit. So people who might be unfamiliar with Inside Number Nine, why the fuck have you listened to this? Because you've just probably ruined the best fucking <laughs> half an hour you can watch. Yeah. Um, I don't think we can ever uh, make that up to you, sorry. No, no, I don't think we can, but it's their own bloody fault. They didn't, you know. Um, but in every episode of Inside Number Nine, there is a, a hair is uh, a hair statue and it's been in it they suddenly revealed it in like series four hmm. or something like that where it was like oh by the way we put this hair in and you've not noticed it for four series because no one had noticed this thing before until they pointed it out and everyone thought it was a joke went back and realized that it is in every episode hmm. but here's the best bit in this one they put it on a shelf just behind Steve and it was sort of a bit in the shadows no one really noticed it but again no one noticed this on the production one of the diagonals in the um, crossword is lepus which mm. is Latin for rabbit ah. wow and, and they hadn't noticed it but the best it was they were getting loads of people going that uh, was oh, we you hit the hair <laughs> in the yeah. in the crossword and they were like, no, we didn't. <laughs> but as they said themselves, you know, it's quite weird that, that it almost sort of like starts to converge to that level of like yeah, synergy. I think when, when you have that many things crossing over like this, yeah, you know, weird stuff is gonna start to happen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, oh, what just and again, I, I watched this today. It's probably the sixth time I've seen it, and as I said, I still laugh out loud every time. The twists, mm. and I think the thing is, once you know the end and you go back and rewatch it, you appreciate more. Yeah, you can almost yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely. That that is one of the few that it's one. I think because of the amount of twisty turniness, like a twisty turny thing that yeah. we do, is it creates um, you know, the rewatchability of them. It's mm. not like tells the unexpected. Here's the story. Here's the story. Here's the story. Twist. Yeah. And once you know that twist, all right, though, that's the story. It's not interesting now. Yeah. Whereas, they, uh, you know, not not necessarily all, but certainly a lot of them can really take rewatching again and again and well, again. Because and some of the the twists are almost they're so minor compared to the rest of what's happened and yet you could almost take them and that would be a big twist in something else yeah yeah oh definitely you can almost just forget them because (laughs) there's just so many yeah apparently their influences on this were the 1972 film sleuth Mm -hmm. uh, which i must confess i've not seen uh and 1989's the cook the thief his wife and her lover which does feature, uh, spoiler alert, does feature cannibalism. So <laughs> it, that is a fucked up film. Every time it's... I hear cannibalism now, which isn't that often, I'm sure, in life, but I'm going to think of <laughs> vegan cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and I th- one thing I would say, and certainly, again, the horror side of it, the bit with the pot and the uh, piece of, uh, like, piece of flesh yeah that is hannibal yeah it's, it's hannibal it's the end uh the, the actual film hannibal with anthony hopkins hmm. that's that's no. it cut, cuts out <laughs> not <sorry>. matthew <laughs> <laughs> no we're definitely with and within because in that he cooks and fries a part of someone of ray yeah. brain yeah and it's done in a little dish like that and i know that reese is quite obsessed with Hannibal. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. definite that because they didn't mention that, but I'm definite that's where that comes from because it's the same bit, little, little fizzing skillet, and yeah. there you go. It's like as a sweet meat. So but again, they managed to do that, and it, they do it so it's kind of funny while still being so visceral. Yeah, and yeah. Like it was such a perfect blend, especially when he's eating it and the noises he's making, and it's like, mm. oh, that is exactly it. You've got to yeah. force yourself, but oh. Mm. And no. even at that point, I mean, even when he opens the suitcase and starts, because obviously you think he's brought the antidote with him. Yeah. He opens the suitcase yeah. and then he starts taking that stuff out. <laughs> I was still like, first time, yeah, I was like, where is this going now? Yeah. Like, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, absolute beautiful piece of misdirection. And, but, you know, doing it twice as well is just, yeah, phenomenal. Okay. And that's it. We haven't actually given away, like, everything we've said still has not covered everything that's in there. You could still absolutely watch it and be like, did they even tell us anything? Yeah. I I, I think I did mention, uh, I'm going to mime it for you guys just in case I did, but yeah. so I think <laughs> I, 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 I reckon, I reckon people will, that will have been lost in the, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, I'd say for me, as much as I've, mm. I wouldn't say I've loved every episode. I think every episode is brilliant. Um, mm. 
but yeah, some of the darker ones I just haven't gone back to, and I don't think I will. Not because can you remember them? The name of them they're... off the top of your head, right? I I would say definitely uh, Wise Owl. Oh. Yeah, that is dark as fuck. And what is the what is the one? It's not Diddle Diddle Lump Dumpling, although that's pretty grim. But the um, oh. It's the one with Nicola Walker and she's married to Steve and I don't want to say any more because that just basically bollocks the thing yeah. for anyone. The one with Reese when he finds the shoe. Yeah, that's did that's did yeah, yeah. something. Oh, okay. And to have and to hold. That's the one with um that I'm thinking of. To have and to hold where it, that is yeah, that's all right. I might I might put these on next just to see how dark oh, yeah. things you, can get. You do oh, 12 days of Christine as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. So Oof. that, I, I mean, that, that was amazing. Oh, cold Comfort as well. Yeah. So, like, mm. and they are. Brilliant. Cold Comfort, I think. No way cold Comfort. Cold Comfort, I think, would have been a contender for this. But mm. uh, all of those would be contenders for this. But, like we say, we were, we were sticking more the horror end. And I know that, and it's, that is that they are much more disquieting. Yeah, yeah. You know, they are, that's it. They're disturbing rather than, you know. Just yeah. Although the, the harrowing sounds like it could be in that group, but it's not. Do they, <laughs> do they mess with us there? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say nothing, but all I am going to say is that it's, it's only what Tim Burton's Dark Shadows could have been. <laughs> so for our second episode we're covering this week, uh, we are, as previously mentioned, discussing the stakeout. Adam, would you like to give us the lowdown on the stakeout? Uh, series five, episode six, uh, first broadcast on the 9th of March 2020. Um, before the world uh, fell apart. Yeah. And um, uh, again, directed by uh, Gillam uh, Morales. Um, this was <laughs> This was a bit of a weird one because apparently... They wrote the six episodes of series five and then they came back and said, have you got another script? Because uh, one of the ones you've written is too expensive, so we can't budget it. Have you got, <laughs> yeah. So have you got another script that's really cheap? Mm. Well, they and yeah, to... and basically this was, I think they said this was like the run up to Christmas. Mm. Uh, yeah. 10 days before Christmas, uh, 2018. And yeah, they, um, basically went right okay so cheap well just two the two of us <laughs> and two people sitting right two policemen in a car that was That's literally it. how they wow where it came from this is for an episode that i really i really love this episode mm -hmm. um and but yeah to find out that this was like a real like skin of the teeth job. It's one of those where the constraints sometimes help to bring out the best. Yeah. Like we've seen yeah. a few times. It's yeah. yeah. Um and I think that the yeah, I mean on obviously you then get the twist, which I remember I remember watching it and I worked it out. Mm. Um but I think they do such a good job with this 
how were you with it? I because I I think it was it was the bit with the bridge that sort of tipped me off weirdly. Yeah, see, I didn't get it. I I don't remember that triggering again because they mm. make it in the because it, it's in the middle of like mm. quite a quite a quick moving scene. So mm. I did kind of gloss over it. And of course, the coffee cups is just. So, yeah. but it's it's because of that misdirection at the beginning, because it shows mm. you the closing scene at the beginning, and you're so convinced you know where it's going. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think outside of that box, which uh, is yeah. just fantastic. Mm. And and what about with you, Chris? Yeah, no, absolutely the same. I like once I knew, I was like, oh, that should have been so obvious. But I think that must have been <laughs> it. That yeah, just absolutely, I was just set up, and I couldn't. You're trying to work out both of the characters, so it's not like. Mm. I mean, yeah. I just, I was just fascinated by the way they play off each other, and they're just, yeah. Which one of them is really, you know? Sort of I think bad. that's, I think that's another reason I like this is because I just really enjoy Reese and Steve mm, yeah. as two characters going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I like. There's, there's others like what is it? Bernie Clifton's dressing room. I think that's just yeah, them. just the two of them. Yeah. And that's that's great as well. That really that's just really good because they said that was one of the things with the sort of how quickly they had to do this is they were like we kind of because it was us we mm. didn't have to rehearse. Yeah, they could almost as intensively because we weren't bringing anyone else in. Yeah. And we know how we work, mm. but um, but yeah, they do so. so I mean, and the best part is is that it is a proper. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Apparently they showed this before the series. They showed it at the BFI. Mm. And um, like no one there had got it or clearly sort of like the, the bulk of the audience had not twinned. Yeah. And then at the end when they were doing the Q&A and they said, well, I mean, it's even the title, the stakeout. And they said yeah. the whole audience just went, yeah. oh. oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does. It just like seems a like a paper with the stakeout written on this whole time and never once gone vampire. Yeah, you know, it's sort of, and because he's called Varney because mm. of Varney the Vampire, which is the <laughs> book that predates. It's like the big vampire book that predates Dracula. Yeah, and it was like a penny dreadful. And um, when was that? That that was like. Yeah, that it was completed in 1847. Um, but it's a major influence on vampire fiction, particularly Dracula. It introduces into vampiric lore uh, fangs, the double puncture marks on victim's throat, hypnotic powers and superhuman strength, mm. which are all fairly fundamental. Yeah. I mean, apparently, apparently fucking... Uh, walks around in daylight so it's you know there's other bits where you'd be like oh fuck off but <laughs> you know he's there is a lot in there and yeah this was yeah. called Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood written by either James Malcolm Reimer or Thomas Peckett Prest again it's sort of a bit of a grey area it may be both of them and um yeah so there was that but it was the run it was the running over water thing that tipped me i think hmm. um but so how, so many, that's how why many, I to know yeah how how but many actual references were there oh everything's there because i mean even like, five of them at the end yeah 
yeah, he has to be invited in. He has yeah. to, yeah, again, they do a riddle of the Sphinx. They do at least take you through it mm. as well, which is which is kind of, you know, I like that, you yeah. know, because it's not done, it never feels like they've, it's not that they've had to explain it to you. It's just like, and here's what you missed. Yeah, mm. exactly. It is, it's that watching it back, it's that you have to be invited in and that didn't, register with me until the second mm. time i watched it and it's like he's always got two cups so he always yeah. has to open the door and ask him to get in because it's just yeah. his way of tricking him into doing it. i mean it's just and it so it's that the garlic um obviously yeah the garlic yeah and and then being a vegan but eating meat once a month yeah yeah a flexitarian yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the um because uh, actually, I mean, Riddle of the Sphinx follows the fortunately, unfortunately game. It's like, unfortunately, yeah. someone's broken into your office. Fortunately, she turns out she was just yeah. there to be there. <laughs> unfortunately, she turns <laughs> You know, and it's... Um, but, I, yeah, yeah I love all the games and stuff as well in it. Mm, yeah. Which, again, is very... It's very... Um, it's, you know, there are sort of bits of the league, bits of psychoville that have that same sort of thing but it's just really good uh just seeing that but apparently something they did mention on the podcast was they they like word games because they eat up time so they said there's that's why it's all things like the i don't know why it is but just i love the it's a towel is, is it is it yeah, yeah. Towel or something? <laughs> yeah just the, the lateral thing thinking games and stuff like that mm. it's just Again, it takes you so far away from it. And yeah. it does set Tomo up as the villain, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first indication you get of anything that's wrong is the fact that he's they, it turns out that they're not on where they should be. Yeah, that he's absolutely. Like gone broke. Mm -hmm. And again, that just further cements what you've seen in the first. In the, mm. in the closing clip at the beginning, yeah. which is he's the one who's in the wrong. So you're so busy watching mm. him to see what he's doing and where he's slipping up and where his mm. story doesn't match that you almost just ignore Reese and are just like, yeah. he is just the poor guy who's going to end up the victim at the end of it. So when it, as you say, when it inevitably twists and isn't that, which you should see coming because it's the it twist to, that you should right, be expecting. Yeah. Still didn't see it coming round like that. Not only was it he is the killer, he is also a vampire. And you're like, oh god. But there's all there's all the sort of what you know seem to be smaller references to him being a vampire throughout, and then and then obviously some more obvious ones. But um, <laughs> but it also he appears like he could be there. He's been set up to sort of help Tomo either get through because Tomo clearly mm. won't talk about his problems. Yeah. So it's like, is that his role? And um, or, or is he there to try and catch Tomo? Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, they're he... the sort of big obvious. Oh yeah, this might be a twist somewhere. It's some one of those. So yeah, I don't know. It's just so much that seems like it can throw you off potentially. And it's the acting again that comes through. Yeah. It is it's that point where he? So obviously they they get in the the gunfight that we don't find out the details of. Mm -hmm. And Reese obviously saves Steve. And he's sort of starting to open up to him. And then as yeah. soon as Reese asks that one question and Steve just turns immediately and he's like, who the fuck are you? I don't know yeah. anything about it. Like, and it is, it's that, it's that switching character that it's just, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, for someone who, yeah, he's going through what he's going through and hasn't slept or whatever, he probably is on the Seems, edge, but he just does yeah. it. So, I mean, they they both, they, I think that's the thing. I think having two people write it who are fantastic actors and are going to act those characters, I'm sure mm. that helps it, it helps the, the performances because they, it's their brainchild, so they know what they're thinking. And it, it, it just, it really, I, I just... Everything well, about it is... it's, it's interesting. So they're fantastic actors, but they also kind of play just normal people really well as well. Yeah. So mm. It's like they're not ever overacting. They still like, yeah, it just seems to be such a good balance of. Well, they can do the grotesques. Yeah. Yeah. But they can also do, and I hate to use it as a term, but soap acting. Yeah. When yeah. I see it, it's yeah. But that but, is sort of somehow but... lulls you into a false sense of. You know, they're yeah. not. They're Everything's not. Neither normal. of them are going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. But the um, apparently, and this is interesting, is the episode that they couldn't make because it was too expensive was because it was a musical. Mm. And oh. obviously, they've and obviously they've not done. I don't know. Zanzibar's kind of got that in it, but yeah. Would, would but, that but, have been Lee's least favourite? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zanzibar's Zanzi okay, but it's yeah. a depressing. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Zanzibar is such an up word. Yeah. You can't. It's like light years from Zanzibar. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, although I obviously remember this one quite well, I had forgotten that. Apart from Steve, sta- uh, apart from Reese, sorry, standing outside with the two cups in his hand, the whole thing takes place inside one car. Well, because that's the premise. Inside number nine is meant to be inside, and it's it, mm. it's weird because it's in a car. You get the well, it's a one-sided chase. It's him ch- racing to, um, you know, pick up where he should have been. Yeah, and. Yeah, you don't get that in Inside Number Nine because it's like, oh, we do it contained in yeah. a house or a room or whatever. So by giving it Oscar Nine, the uh, call sign, it, the car becomes Number Nine. Um, but it does mean you could. Do, but that again, that was the thing where they were like, oh, it's going to be cheaper. Um, and um, uh, the director uh, wanted uh, basically was they. Uh, sorry, it's. They did it that the car was parked outside the cemetery, mm. whereas they uh, the, the director Gillian Morales was like, "Oh uh, no, we'll bring the car in," but because they wanted to light up the graveyard so it would look amazing through the surround of the car. Yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, that lighting rig cost a fucking fortune. <laughs> 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 it's really, yeah, they've the gone for looks- this. The cemetery looks yeah. fantastic, like, you know, having the, and, and again, it's, I know it's one of the, the big cemeteries in London, uh, like one of the original big seven, I think it is, um, mm-hmm. or big five. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that's why it looks like that, I'm sure, like having the, the large monuments lit up and stuff. And j- as you say, just having it outside just gives you that presence all the time of remembering that you are in a grave. Again, it's set in a graveyard. Of course, it's about vampires. Yeah. Why <laughs> did I not? see it from the very beginning he sees bats yeah. he sees bats at one point fuck so it's just he's all in there it's, it's, but yeah they are laughing at us not adam adam got it. <laughs> it did it did take him till near the end 
Oh, shit, no, I did, seriously. I, but none of those other bits had registered. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was just that one bit that was like, oh, well, that's a vampire thing. Not, I hadn't picked up any of the other glaringly obvious vampire <laughs> things yet. So, no, they still, yeah, it's... Um, but also, I love the fact that they. The best thing is, is I hate it when you, when like a, a thing lies to you, where they're like, "Oh, well, this is because of that." No, that didn't happen, or I didn't see that, yeah. or whatever. That opening dialogue where it's done, and it's that. I think I've I've never seen it, but I think it's Sunset Boulevard that starts off with like a body floating in a pole, yeah, and then it's like, "This is me. Let me tell you how I end up there," and mm. it's sort of like this narration by a dead person and so at the start of this when he goes yeah i'm dead mm. and it's like yeah they haven't lied to you yeah because he's a vampire so he's dead but yeah it's just so yeah just perfect that you can go back and not and just thread it again it's like really really impressive mm. and also just really fucking funny again yeah, yeah. yeah. you know Absolutely. for the majority of it i mean that bit about the where he's saying about what they used to have and it's like oh, it's a stack of Pringles wait yeah. Yeah. yeah get two good pisses in one of them tubes <laughs> and the bit when he's starting to open up and he goes I I I spy with my <laughs> it's really steering wheel <laughs> <laughs> right your go <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's you know, and we were saying, you know, I know we mentioned it, we've been discussing it off air quite a lot recently when we've just been chatting. Um, yeah, just, just the way they've kept it this fresh for this long, you know. Um, you know, I know that um, uh, Tales of the Unexpected, which again is one that we will reference quite a lot, I'm sure. Um, we maybe need to cover some. We you you've you've seen the majority of them late. So I watched you know, the entire thing last year. I yeah. watched all. I've got oh, hundred odd episodes or whatever it was. Yeah, um, but if, I mean, if you can dig out like a good three or something like that, and we'll cover them or something, I think that's oh yeah, something for the new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they've got some really sinister episodes as well. So again, we wouldn't mm. have trouble. But the thing is, unlike this, it was you know they they started with the Roald Dahl stories that were yeah. excellent, and they picked the best ones, and then it very quickly went into the ones that wouldn't translate quite so well. Then mm. they ran out of those and just started writing their own, and it it went off the boil pretty quickly. Um, and that's, but that's the interesting thing as well is that that you know, I mean, obviously they were based on Roald Dahl stories, but they, I don't know if he adapted them himself for the screen or whatever. I'm not sure how involved. I know he obviously he um, introduces each one mm. with a very think, unusual introduction normally. Yeah. But I think that, but again, with Inside Number Nine, for two people, essentially. Mm. And that's not to sort of take away from producers and obviously they have a multitude. Of, by the way, Lee, interesting little factoid. I don't think we're covering any of his episodes. Hmm. Um, and I can't for the life of me think of his real name. But um, one of the directors recently on Inside Number Nine is best known to man many of us as Barry Shippies. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, who was it? Was it you who told me that? I don't think it was me. No. no. It was Jennifer. So we were discussing them recently, and she was looking on IMDb because we were going to be covering them. And she went, 
did you know some of the episodes were directed by Barry Shippies? And I was like, <laughs> fuck off. Well, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, no. I, oh, weird. How weird. <laughs> yeah. For anyone but... who's unaware, um, <laughs> Charlie Brooker does a show called Screen Wipe and Game Wipe. Um, and, yeah, he used to have fictional characters who were interviewed on them. Uh, one turns up in the first episode of season seven of this. Um, yeah, Philomena Kunk. Uh, Philomena Kunk. Uh, Diane yes. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Barry Shippies is the other guy, the other guy who they interview on it. Um, yeah, I had no idea he was a director, so I'm going to have to find his episodes and work out which ones they are. Al Campbell. Al Campbell, my scientific advisor, oh, has excellent. just told me. So um, yeah, and but again, yeah, that's just a weird one. Although I do feel sorry for him because I'll forget that name again. And I'll still be saying it's Barry Shippies. <laughs> you know, um, Charlie Brooker has done that man a severe disservice <laughs> to the point where I think, is he going to chuck it all in at one point and just change his name? <laughs> so, and the BAFTA Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Barry Shippies. <laughs> and um, again... Uh, like Gilla Morales sort of adding to the plot, like adding to the visuals and adding to the story and everything else like that. He was the one who came up with the idea that they would show Tomo in the rear view mirror being fed on and you could see, because you can see the wound moving. Yeah. Like where um, Varney's latched onto him and then it cuts and it's where he's actually in real life, but the reflection in the mirror where obviously Varney's not showing, um, but just you can see the actions that he's doing. And, yeah, I don't think that's been... That's not something I've seen in a vampire film. No. So it's a pretty unique image. Mm. Yeah. It'll probably be robbed fucking blind now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it will. Oh, because it just works so well. It's, mm. yeah, oh, fantastic. Um Yes, so uh, we should probably wrap it up there. Uh, there will be more gushing about Inside Number 9 for the next few months because, uh, yeah, I, I think these are just works of genius and I'm so glad that you suggested because it's, it's funny, I forget how many horror ones there are, so I wouldn't have thought to cover it because I didn't think there was that many. But as you say, it's pretty mm. much one a season um, yeah. at least. And interestingly enough, they, they tend to be the last episode. Hmm. Not not always, because, uh, I mean, there have been some dark... I mean, Wise Al was the final episode of Series 7, and that was a fucking dark one to go out on. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but that I would still definitely count that as horror. But, yeah, they usually... The horror episode is usually the last one. It's almost like they've... It's like playing with you. Yeah. And, you and again, I love the fact that they do, as we said before, you know, they they're all, they all feel very different. Like they're all completely different genres. And I love that the horror ones are the same. So they've got their very classic hammery type ones. But then you've also got your 70s type horror. Um, they do the horror comedy one where they had the the, the witch hunts. Um, yeah. Oh, and... Trial of Elizabeth Gatch. Yes. Which, I'll be honest, is probably the contender for my favourite. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we'll cover it with the Wicker Man or something. I don't know, but I think that it's a um, fucking masterpiece of yeah. 
co- of comic horror. Yeah. Um, and now the Wicker Man has popped up a few times, so we should probably well, have you that on the tell him to stop. <laughs> we do need to cover the Wicker Man, uh, and we have had someone uh, waiting in the wings to come and be mm. our guest on that episode. Uh, mm. So yeah, we need to give that gentleman a call. And I'm 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 not going to fuck our schedule again after the <laughs> Inside November Nine problem, but I will say it kind of feels right to try and cover it around. Summer solstice. Yes. Mm. When is the summer solstice? Oh fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, you work on that, and we will. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll we'll put it in the schedule nice and early, so there's no messing around, and we'll get we'll get. Well, all so we've got no excuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No excuse. Yeah. <laughs> it reckons it's twenty first of June, twenty twenty three. Oh, there you go. Loads of time then. There we go. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I'm sure the person in question is listening and you know who you are. Um, so, uh, yeah, make sure and you we know who you are <laughs> and we know where you are. So get it in your diary. Otherwise we will be at your door. Um, yes. So to wrap it up. So next episode, we'll be carrying on with inside number nine uh, and we will be covering seance time and Mr. King. Yeah. Oh, yes. Again, so looking forward to rewatching both of those because, yeah, these as mm. we've said, like the rewatchability of them is just through the roof. So, I'm very excited. I don't exactly know why, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to find out. Oh, you will. Right. Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody, and good night. Good night. Good night.